I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Friday, and I'm here with Anna Navarro. This is Behind the Table. All right, it's Friday. I'm here with Anna Navarro, who is once again a bilingual language offender today. We had some issues on a very fun show. Anna Navarro, we've discussed this. We can't even say the thing that you said. And I agree, it's not generally offensive. But you, again, said something that is not appropriate for 11 a.m. in Spanish. And and it was sound drop. I'm incredibly irritated at you. Listen, I have been able to say that word in the past, but I think you've now, like, uh, like... Like, you know, like I now think like, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting profiled. You're on, you're on the no fly list. Yes, I'm on the no fly list. I'm getting profiled. Oh, my goodness. The, you can't even let me say things in Spanish anymore. And I just want to say yes. that the word I said today, which I have said in the past. Yes. Has been said by Madeleine Albright at the UN mm-hmm. at times. It has been said. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. And I you're mean, very well aware there have been presidents of the United States who have said words that I would not be allowed to say on our show at eleven o'clock in the morning. Just the current one. Yeah. Well, the, the all, previous one. Yeah. Okay, but I, I, I think you have become the, the, the word police, and I think I'm on a profile list. Yeah, and it, I it's think, not. It's not me. It's not like I'm personally offended by these no, things. I'm, I just it, get, this you know, is not racial profiling. This is lingual profiling. <laughs> lingual you profiling. Are, you are. It's lingual profiling. All right. Well, I uh, I disagree strongly. However, as you point out to me often and correctly. You know what I'm going to learn how to do? I'm going to learn the sign. I'm going to learn how to do it in sign language. So you can't, you, you can't, you can't bleep me. I'm going to do it in sign language. All right, well, you do it I bet you I know sign the language. sign for. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Okay, well, there's no <laughs> video today, so we're fine. All right, you can do that all day long. We did have a really fun show today, I thought. Uh, it was Sonny's birthday, and the birthday shows are always a good time. You, unfortunately, have a birthday over one of our breaks always, so we have to wait a little bit to get to you, but um, we'll have we'll do we'll do right by you. Did you uh, enjoy the the performances today? You're a fan of hip-hop, right? Or you're a newcomer to hip-hop? So I'm a, I'm actually, so I'm, I feel like I'm somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really didn't grow up with it in the same way that I think people from L.A. and New York grew right. up with it that were part of when it started and its inception. Yes. Uh, but for some damn reason, I have a bunch of hip hop friends, right? Like I'm friends with Luke Campbell, Luther Campbell, Uncle mm-hmm. Luke. He's considered hip hop. Yep. hop And Fat, Fat Joe. Joe. And last Pitbull and you get along, I think. And yeah. Is Pitbull hip hop? I think he kind of, well, not really hip hop exactly, but he kind of, he does some rapping. I think he's house music. What okay. is, what I is, guess what is hip hop? Right. You're probably right. To me, he's Miami music. Okay, fair to enough. To me, you see, to me, that would be Miami hip hop. No, so yeah, I, I, think I guess. Right. I think you're right. So, okay. Are you a hip hop fan? I am. I grew up on Long Island in the 90s and I grew up with all the music like we had this morning and L Cool J and, and Tribe Called Quest and, and yeah. I mean, so explain this to me. Is yeah. do you think that there's a different kind of LA hip hop than New York hip hop? Well, sure, there were the hip hop wars, as you know, uh, Tupac versus Biggie, and, right. and all that kind of. There's the the. LA, I know, New but York is stuff. the sound different? Yes, I can hear music and know instantly whether it's California, LA, or New York. Yeah, for that era of hip hop, it's become more. I, I can as taste wine and know instantly whether it's Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. So uh, last Sunday, actually. Um, as part of the New York Wine and Food Festival, mm-hmm. Lee, the seventh Beatle, my best friend, yes. put on a 50th anniversary of hip hop event at the Intrepid. It was so spectacular. And I, I wanna I wanna actually boast about the about him a little bit because when you know, when he um after the George Floyd thing happened, Lee got a call from the National Association of Black Journalists. And they said to him, Listen, 
look at the very low percentage of black chefs and black cookbook authors yeah. and black talent that you're showcasing at the Miami Food Festival and the uh, New York Wine and Food Festival. And he really took it to heart. He Diversity has become huge for him. And he had this event and people were just, they were marveling at it because there's never been an event like this at the New York Wine and Food Festival. He had a chef from here, from um, from New York called J.J. Johnson. And it was J.J. Johnson's cookout, about 30 or 40 different restaurants, black owned. And then he had Rev Run. He had Ice Tea. He had amazing talent. He had DJ Cassidy, who's like a, mm-hmm. you know, skinny Jewish kid from Long Island, but apparently he is a hip hop god. Yeah, he knows everything. He really is uh, terrific, and and I'm I'm really proud that he got the call. That people made the call. He took it seriously, and it's turned into a tangible result. Because I think a lot of times people think that that you call powers that be right. about diversity, and nothing happens. Yeah. Like me, you know, like me. <laughs> And so it's nice to see that that sometimes it does happen. No, that's a great lineup too. Um, speaking of food, we also had pizza on the show today. That was pretty good, right? Uh, cuts and slices. What'd you think? So I'm a pizza purist. Yes. So you don't like the the stuff on it. I don't like. I want nothing but cheese, tomato sauce, mm-hmm. uh, and basil on yeah. my pizza. I'm a pizza purist. The the less the the better for me. Right. And so I had a piece of their cheese pizza and it, it was absolutely delicious. I actually haven't had pizza in a long time. And my husband thinks pizza, my husband, if, if he was on a desert island and they said you could bring one thing, he wouldn't bring me. He would bring pizza. My father too is like that. He's Italian and, and pizza is the purest form of everything good. But do you really think Italians eat pizza? And there's like an Ita- there's like a pizza war in Italy, right? Because yeah. na- na- po- uh, na- pizza from Naples, pizza from Rome. Right. I mean. No, it's a definitely big thing. But in New York in particular, New York Italians definitely love their pizza. I, on Long Island, there's constant battles about which pizza place is the best. And we wait online for six hours. Are you a thin crust or thick crust? I'm a thin crust guy. Yeah. Are you a Although I like a Sicilian. Pizza? I like a Sicilian pie and I like um, a grandma pie actually also sometimes. And how do you feel about Chicago deep dish? I, I appreciate it for what it is, but it's not pizza to me. It's something different. It's, it's not, cake. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I don't like it. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. By the way, there's there's some pizza. Have you had Detroit pizza? I don't know that I have. It's delicious. What what's it like? It's square mm-hmm. and it's uh it's delicious. I don't know what it is. I think I feel like it's crunchier and thinner mm-hmm. than Chicago, but it's square and it's I I. I my dad makes pizza from scratch and makes the dough and everything else. And oh it would God. be when I'm growing up. What do you would, do? Uh, nothing. Nothing. I eat the pizza. Do you not know how to cook anything? I don't cook at all. Yeah. Nothing? It's bad. It's really bad. My wife doesn't really cook either. It's a problem. So how do you all eat? We go you, you have two children. We how go, do you feed these children? She feeds them. Like she cooks for them, but she's not, we don't have any kind of. She actual. cooks for them and doesn't cook for you? I'm never home in time for dinner usually. But the, uh, but. We'll you go. know, there's, there's services now. Yeah. I, I, we, for yeah. useless people. Yes. Like you, I, I get Grubhub. It's fine, but the uh, we call in. Uh, but we have Sunday dinners at my parents' house still, uh, and we go over there for uh, like Italian dinner every Sunday. So I get that's nice. Fed well, there. that's nice. And uh, as a kid growing up, when my father would make pizza, the whole neighborhood would come over. It was a whole big thing. So pizza is important to me. I do want to point out there's a long term uh, thing on this show where every time we eat on the show, whether it's a, a cooking segment or um, something like today, I see all these comments. Why don't they feed the audience? They're they're so mean to their audience to make them watch and eat food. 
We're not allowed to. It's not like I'm, I'm, I believe me, I would love to feed the audience. There's legal issues. What if someone chokes? What if there's a food allergy? Whatever else. So that's why we don't feed the audience. And there's been times when you don't feed us. There's been times yes. when we've had to just look at the food. Yes. Like, uh, you know, like when Jose Andres was here the last time. That the was chef, him. He was talking about important things. Right, he and was it talking didn't want about World a, Central Kitchen. Right. It was important yeah. things. And, it, and he didn't want us. You well, know, while you're talking about world hunger, it's probably best not to be stuffing yourselves. Well, yes. but there's I also remember there were times when you like sprayed the food with things to make it shiny or something yes. and we couldn't eat it that was really mean yeah that, that was, was mean too. all right well i'll try to stay I could away from smell that. it yes and i couldn't eat it all right well we got lots of reasons to eat coming up we got cooking segments this month we've got thanksgiving we'll have lots of fun mm. um all right another thing what kind of turkey are we doing uh you know so this is interesting on thanksgiving Whoopi has started this a long time because she doesn't like because our obviously our thanksgiving show is not on thanksgiving uh -huh. it's the day before and she doesn't want to eat turkey multiple days in a row so instead of actually having turkey, we have appetizers. We I have, love turkey. I know. I, love I'm, turkey I literally, too. I am, I'm the only Hispanic mm -hmm. who likes turkey, literally, because like all my friends think it's the driest meat. It doesn't taste like, you know, it doesn't taste like anything. So a lot of Cubans, a lot of Latin Americans, a lot of Caribbeans uh, wrap the turkey in bacon so that it tastes like pork. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't get it. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I like the stuffing. I, uh, yeah. I like the uh, I like fried turkey. Yeah. Oh, the I, deep fried. Like yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's 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 it, it could burn your house down, but I like it uh, very much. You need somebody with long arms. Yeah. So we'll we'll end up. I I, I also can't cook a turkey, so we'll figure that out. <laughs> Quick, what's something that works so well? It's basically magic. Air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, those little vacuums that scoot around doing all the work for you. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify's the global force behind millions of businesses of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You saw Whoopi honored along with Mark Anthony this week at the 39th annual Night of Stars event for Fashion Group International. Uh, I know this because... I saw a video of Whoopi giving a speech, and she was very funny. She was hilarious. And then I heard someone yell from the audience, and I knew it was you. <laughs> it was very clearly you. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can get a clip to play, because it's, it's hysterical. I was with the Pope the other day. <laughs> and I said to Francis, I said, Francis, I said, I'm going to get this award. And he said, bless you, what? <laughs> yes, Anna has a rosary. Because I brought the women of the TV show that I do, that we do. I brought them something to, like, keep them from going directly to hell. <laughs> Tell me about that event. It was, uh, so Mark Anthony, uh, was who's a, who's a, from Miami and a friend of mine and his wife were I'm here. I'm sorry, you know Mark Anthony? Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know David Letterman? I do. Okay, you're in a you're in a fantasy f- uh, football league with John Legend. I do. Yeah, okay, so right. can you stop uh, can you stop getting on my? I just enjoy it. But... I like I like poking the bear. Okay. It's okay, go ahead. So, anyways, Mark was getting mm-hmm. this award. Um, he was getting the Humanitarian of the Year award. I was really happy that he was getting honored because I think people don't know he's got this um, this foundation called Maestro Cares, and they do amazing work all throughout Latin America and the United States. And I'm very proud for him. I'm proud of him, and I was ha- very happy he was getting recognized. And Whoopi was there. So, what are the chances that you know? Two of your people you yeah. love and admire so much are both getting honored on the same night. So it was very fun because I was hanging out uh, with both and Whoopi was in a great mood. And she was great. I, I you know, I, I couldn't tell. It seemed like she was just riffing, but she was really funny. She was hilarious. And, uh, she was hilarious. Seemed really touched by the whole thing. She was hilarious. And she had a bunch of people with her that uh, that have been with her since she started. People that helped her in fashion and kind of find her groove. Uh way, way, way before she was Whoopi Goldberg. So I think it's people that that really matter to her and that she's very uh, loyal to and are very loyal to her and that are her real friends. Yeah, that's something about her in general when she, you know, when she bonds with you and, and 
you become part of her world. You're there forever, I think. Martha Stewart was there. She was doing, she was one of the presenters. My God, that woman looks good. Yeah, she can cook. She can, <laughs> turkey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe we'll make a call. Um, all right, so you also visited the White House. This is a typical week, a week in the life of Anna Navarro. It's nothing but glamorous events, uh, hanging out with celebrities, um, where I heard- But by that, the way, I have yes. to tell you, mm-hmm. I, I made a huge mistake, which is that I went out drinking- with Mark Anthony after the fashion event. Yes. Uh, ended up meeting the um, the new New York Police Department Commissioner, mm-hmm. Edward Caban, mm-hmm. who is the first Puerto Rican, the first Latino. He started his, he started as a as a cop walking the beat in South Bronx, and he's now the top cop in New York. So I'm very proud of him, and I really wish him success. God Almighty, let him not screw up. Um, it's a hard job. Yeah, it is a very hard job. Yeah. It, it made me, you know, and and it's, you know, we know we're in we're under right now threat alerts and security alerts uh, all over the country, and so it is a very hard job. And then I had to get up very early to go to the White House, and I, I was very tired. Oh, well, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but... Um, so you went to the White House. You were there with Gloria Estefan and Emilio Estefan. I'm not going to say it. Uh, had a run-in with security while you were there. There was something that happened. So tell us about what happened. Well, so we were there for the Hispanic Heritage Celebration uh, that they do at the White House. And they probably had about, I don't know, 100 people, uh, 150 people. It was at the Rose Garden. Lovely event. It was supposed to be hosted by the president, but he was in Israel at the time. So uh, the vice president and uh, Mrs. Biden, the first lady, stepped in. And so, you know, so where I, I just told you I wasn't feeling all that good because right. I was hungover. So <laughs> I'm I'm I get to the White House. Right. And there's this first gate you got to go through when you go to the, into the Rose Garden. And then you got to do like a long walk across a, like a park type of thing. Okay. And I'm at the first gate and they say, can I see your invitation? And I had forgotten my invitation because I could barely remember anything. Right. And so I have to call the the social secretary at the White House and say, "Okay, I need you to let these people know, please, the police here at the front gate, at the first gate, that I am on the list and I'm not crashing the party because, you know, you just you need an invitation to To get get into the White House. House, You can't just go come off the street. No. So while I have him on the phone and I'm telling him this. I turn around and behind me are Gloria and Emilio Estefan and they forgot their invitation. So, you know, so he's saying to me, I can't believe, you know, you have to come to the White House with your invitation. We sent you an invitation. We sent you all these instructions, all these entry instructions. And I'm like, listen, before you continue scolding me for forgetting my invitation, Gloria and Emilio are behind me. They, they forgot their invitations, too. So, OK, we got the invitation aspect all worked out. And now we're about ready to come in. And then the police officer looks at Gloria's hand and says, ma'am. You can't come in with brass knuckles to the White House. <laughs> so Gloria had this little clutch purse, very cute, perfect match with her leopard shoes. So it was a little leopard clutch purse. They're Alexander McQueen. They are the rage, very trendy. But the handle is in the shape of brass knuckles and you put your fingers through them. Very practical to hold a clutch purse. But apparently you're not allowed to bring in lethal weapons into the White House, despite the fact that they may be very trendy Trendy, clutches. So we are now outside the White House and Gloria doesn't know what to do with this purse, right? So I say to her, why don't you just leave the purse here and just put all your money in my purse? I'll take I'll take everything you want. I'll take. But he she her assistant was still there, had not left. 
And so Gloria and the assistant go behind, go on the sidewalk, under a tree, in front of the sidewalk, and are switching purses. So Gloria's taking all her stuff from her purse. Dumping it in the other one. Dumping it in the other one and visa versa. It looked like they were, literally, it looked like she was buying drugs under a tree in front of the White House. In also the frowned upon, I think. Yeah. Yes, also frowned upon. So anyways, yeah. then we made it in, and it was incredibly poignant and significant, a very, you know, a, a very touching time, a very powerful time to be there. The vice president, Kamala Harris, gave um, a beautiful speech. The f- The first part of her comments, of her remarks, were about Israel and uh, and, and Gaza and what's going on there. And and uh, and it just, you know, it, it really, first of all, it shows us that all of us have to walk and chew gum at the same time, yeah. right? Uh, life doesn't stop and the Hispanic Heritage Celebration doesn't stop and all the other things. There's, they have a state dinner uh, next right. week uh, with Australia. They got to get all those things done. But but this is such a huge, momentous uh, moment for the world, for the world. Yeah. I mean, what what is the vibe there right now? It, it's when, when you're in there with everything going on. Look, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of weight on people's shoulders. I think uh, people understand the gravity right, of, of the matter. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, when we were there, the the president was literally on a trip to Israel, uh, which I think was, you know, incredibly, um, incredibly meaningful for him to do to show the alliance i was uh, i was disappointed as i'm sure he was too that he couldn't have the meeting with the arab leaders because i think it's a you know you this is you can't solve this in a vacuum right mm-hmm. you need partners. arab neighbors yeah. you need partners you need to be able to there's so many different aspects to this it's so complicated yeah no it really is the, the other thing that you said um that i thought was amazing your instagram uh about this trip. You said, I could never have dreamed as a little eight-year-old Nicaraguan refugee coming to America that I'd be invited to La Casablanca and get hugs from the VP and floaters. It's a pinch me moment. It makes me emotional every single time. Why why does that mean so much to you? Oh my God. Because, you know, when you, when you flee a country, like I had to flee Nicaragua in 1980 because of the uh, Sandinista revolution and the civil war there, America means so much in the world. America is, you know, this beacon of freedom and the symbol of America is the White House. Right. And you think to yourself, there's nobody more important than the president of the United States. And so to be invited to the White House, that's why, listen, I don't care what I have to cancel. I don't care where I am. I will fly myself back to Washington and go to the White House, even if they are inviting me to the opening of an envelope, because it never gets old. And, you know. Emilio Estefan, your friend, who's been there. Oh, shut up. He's been there something like 67 times. He has um, I think he and James Taylor have the record of having been there the most time through so many different, um, you know, and I I think the White House means something because I've been there through different uh, presidents, not Trump, not Trump. (laughs) Hell, I didn't didn't even go across the street when Trump was there for fear that they would deport me. But um, (laughs) It just, I, I think it has a very special significance for those of us who are uh, naturalized Americans, who are Americans sure. by choice, by luck. Uh, and we just, you know, it's, I mean, it's just this feeling of gratitude and pride and 
And I and every time I'm at the White House, there's something new I see. Right. I mean, I, I'm always like a little kid just looking in wonder at the at the paintings and the the, the China room and the, the the monuments and the building and the gardens. It's just I mean, I just I can't tell you how beautiful this. You've been to the White House. I, I was lucky enough to get a White House, uh, an Oval Office, uh, sorry, West Wing tour once uh, when I was working on another show. And that was a really incredible day. And I got to lean in and look inside the Oval Office. And, and that was really impactful and be in the briefing room and stuff like that. I have not been to an event um, at the White House. I, I really so for a long time when I was uh, working on this other talk show, David Letterman, um, my coworker, you know, David Letterman, I do. My coworker used to get invited to the White House Christmas party and I never got invited to the White House Christmas party. And he got to take his wife all the time and they would take a picture with the first family and my wife would always say to me why do they get to do that and we don't get to go and take a picture with the first family and and so that's always been the thing for me so and then we started working here and then the covid happened there wasn't a lot of christmas parties last year it was smaller and just some of the hosts well, went and, so. uh, yeah and we weren't yeah. getting christmas party invitations from trump no definitely not so, not that we would have gone for fear of being food poisoning no but. so fingers crossed someday it'll happen but that would be pretty cool i'd love to do that um and uh yeah but the Getting a West Wing tour was a huge honor, and it was very cool to see the Resolute desk and to yeah. just walk around there. I really uh, walked by the Situation Room. I mean, it, it's very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. It's been a great week. We've got a lot more uh, exciting stuff coming next week. Thank you for joining me, Anna. And on Monday, we'll be back with Sarah Haynes. Okay. Thank you for listening. Behind the Table is executive produced by Brian Tedda. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake, with production assistant Emily Darcy. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi, and the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Susie Liu, Meg Fierro, Enza Dolce Nini, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Frankie Perez, Audrey Mostek, and Dana Schaefer. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.